a lot of companies and a lot of restaurants and, and just in general, they'll look at it as like, oh, I just like this one solution can fit all. And that's beyond yeah. that's far beyond the case for loyalty. It really needs to be tuned. It needs to be thought out. It can't just be like, all right, yeah, you come in and you're going to get you know a free burger. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by the co-founder and CTO of Lunchbox, uh, Andrew Bork. What's up, Andrew? Hello. Thanks for having uh, me. Absolutely. So as I said, you're the co-founder and CTO of Lunchbox, a next-gen digital ordering platform for restaurants to improve their relationships and retention. He is trilingual. He speaks English, ASL, and nerd. Um, and he's got a background from Viacom to Johnson and Johnson, and he has taken all that experience and packed it into one nice little neat lunchbox. Uh, he is one of Ovation's absolute favorite integration partners. So Andrew, welcome to give an ovation. Thank you again for joining us. Oh my gosh. Give an awesome introduction. I'll give you a clap for that. That was great. Thank you. (laughs) So, so first of all, Andrew, let me start with something. Uh, why does the world need lunchbox? I mean, like some people are going to look at it and they're like, okay, look, there's enough online orderings. I've, there's enough like point of sales, there's enough loyalty things. Like talk to us about why does the world need lunchbox? Sure. Yeah. And, and there's a whole lot of reasons why we all came together for this station. I mean, this is, this is my first startup rodeo and certainly this one, uh, uh, we see the big advantage of lunchbox is looking at the restaurant industry and what's happening with all the marketplaces and third parties, it's becoming more and more evident the fees that they're charging, right? It's going Mm -hmm. all over the news. You see it on the headlines almost every day now. And what we're looking to do is to help empower the restaurants with their own online ordering system. So think about Bear Burger, one of our customers, Bear Burger, you go onto their website and you order directly from them. That doesn't come with all the fees that you get from Grubhub, DoorDash, Uber Eats and all that, you know, 30%, 20%, whatever it might be. So when they sell through their own first party systems, one, they're able to build a better relationship with the customer because they'll know uh, uh, who's ordering from them. You don't know anything when somebody's ordering from a third party, you just get an address and you deliver to that address, right? So they can build a better relationship. They can offer you loyalty incentives. When you order from Bear Burger, you get 10% cash back, as well as uh, you get all the benefits of not having to work with so many different partners. At Lunchbox, you don't need an app partner and a web partner and a loyalty and and design and and ordering engine, all those things. We combine it all into one place as a one-stop shop where you can get everything you need to get up and running and not have to pay, you know, the millions of dollars that somebody like Sweetgreen would have paid. And we're trying to enable that for, for all types of brands, whether you're small, large, um, across the board. Yeah. And, you know, we have just a testament to that. You know, we've got a bunch of customers who use Lunchbox and that's actually how we got connected is because our customers were like, Hey, I need ovation, but you have got to work with Lunchbox. And you guys have been so great to work with, uh, from, from our perspective and our customers just, you know, sing your praises. So anyway, you you guys have, uh, you, you know, done something well, and you're, you're definitely on to a very interesting path, having raised 20 million, you've got, you know, some exciting things in the, in the runway. So stoked for that, Andrew. 
yeah, plenty of awesome integrations to come. And I think uh, you guys same say it right back to you um, like this. Uh, uh, it's been a pleasure working with your team. And when we think about Lunchbox, like this big box of tools, we have over 40 plus different integrations. One of them, one of the awesome ones being Ovation. And so uh, we really are trying to enable all those things for the restaurants, because like when you think about it, all these different pieces should work together. All the different tools oh, yeah. that you know and love should all be able to work together happily and peacefully. We were able to get our integration up and running in like a few days, I think. Yeah. And then we were able to spend that up. And now like all of a sudden it's creating such great uh, things for, for our customers. Yeah, no, it's been incredible. And like, you know, whereas most people are used to getting feedback of like, Hey, you know, like we have a friend who uh, I, I have a friend who's at Arby's, right. And they're like getting one piece of feedback a week, sometimes two a month. <laughs> and to go from that to getting 25 upwards of 25% of their customers to give feedback with a lunchbox ovation integration has been, I mean, just total game changer. So yep. anyway, uh, excited about that. Now let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk a little bit about uh, true loyalty, right? Sure. So a lot of people are out there saying loyalty is dead, right? Like there is loyalty is totally worthless. You shouldn't have anything like with loyalty. And there's a lot of like loyalty haters out there. Uh, what's your stance on that? What, what do you see going on in the industry? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, at Lunchbox, we try to power like a whole bunch of different loyalty patterns, whether you got like that Starbucks model, you can bank a whole bunch of points and spend it however you wish, or you can do the cash back. We've seen a lot of different things work for different brands. Uh, I mean, definitely off the bat, like sign up bonuses and 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 uh, birthday rewards. Uh, we've seen that like once those things get turned on and they get added to marketing promotions, um, we've seen that drive a ton of traffic to the, uh, uh, you know, to those brands, like almost immediately, the second we start running those kind of campaigns. Campaigns. Uh, now, I think where the nitty gritty comes in is like, all right, am I giving cashback bonuses? Am I giving, uh, you know, uh, a tiered based bonuses, whatever it is, right? And how that's all structured. Our team, I mean, uh, it's always on a case by case basis. And it really depends on what kind of business that the brand is running, uh, whether they are going to be like, you know, high volume of like, you know, recurring users a month, or they're going to like expect somebody coming in once a month. Uh, I think the biggest issue here is that, um, a lot of companies and a lot of restaurants and, and just in general, they'll look at it as like, oh, I just like this one solution can fit all. And that's beyond, yeah. that's far beyond the case for loyalty. It really needs to be tuned. It needs to be thought out. And um, it can't just be like, all right, yeah, you come in and you're going to get, you know, a free burger on your, your third or fourth visit. It, it, it needs to be uh, thought out with the customers. And also we, we look at it I think that the highest, some folks will do um, like, you know, six or seven um, after six or seven visits, you earn a reward. And some will do after two visits or three visits, you earn a reward. We find that sweet spot of four or five visits actually like is what drives, like, I think over like 35% more, um, more uh, interactions with the loyalty systems uh, when we, when we find that. And that, how do we analyze that is, is through all the data that we have through our system and all the loyalty programs. So I, I don't think it's dead. I think it's just misused, misused in a lot of different ways. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, we, we believe a very similar thing where it's, it's about, it's not about just collecting a phone number or getting an app download, right? Because um, a lot of that times it's, those things can measure loyalty as, as opposed to creating loyalty. But when you are honing it, when you're working it, when you're, it's not like you said, a one size fits all. It's not just like a digital punch card, um, but it's true engagement 
then all of a sudden you're, you're creating loyalty by building that trust and that, you know, by the consistency of experiences, because, you know, someone could be on their fourth visit, they can get something on their fifth, but if they have a bad experience on that fourth visit, you know, whatever, I'm not, I'm not going to come back for the fifth. So um, it really is that, that combination, right. Of consistently creating that guest experience while, as you're saying, using some of these tried and true methods to get the most out of your loyalty system. Because as you said earlier, it's about the data, right? It's about mm-hmm. that customer yep. data. Yeah, and 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 knowing your customers through and through, uh, their habits and what they their dislikes are. When that feedback comes in, and you find out exactly, like, oh wow, this part of the system really irked them. And then you can adjust, adjust your loyalty, adjust like how you order within the app. You know, you might be, figure out a way to lose, uh, you know, remove a click, and then suddenly now you're starting to drive up, you know, traffic ten percent or whatever it is, just based off of one click remove. We've seen that like so so easily. Um, throughout. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a, a really interesting thing. Whenever you're designing, um, it's so important that when you're designing technology, when you're looking at your tech stack, that you think about what is the least amount of work that the consumer will need to do. Right. Yep. And I think that's one thing that Lunchbox has done a good job at. And what's kind of like your, your design philosophy of building technology with the end user in mind, as opposed to just thinking about the restaurants, right? Because while both of our technologies work, you know, restaurants are our customers, we're really building things for their customers, right? And I think a lot of times companies lose track of that and they just keep on building things for their customers without the end user in mind. Yeah, you're thinking about that B to B to C and then all, all the letters start falling <laughs> falling in, <laughs> going down the rabbit hole of like, who are we really building for? I yeah. think that um, uh, you got to be measuring. You have to measure how the interact, like if, you, if you're rolling out some sort of feature and you're not measuring like, oh, whether or not that it's, it's going to drive that traffic, then there's no point. So I think that the the main thing here is that we we're, our, our design philosophy and how we do it uh, is we do a lot of analyzation of all the tools that are out there, pros and cons. I think looking at the cons of the different systems, uh, you know, whether it be Domino's or whether it be, you know, Moe's Southwest Grill, right? Like, you know, you look at all these different systems out there and who's making them. You want to uh, uh, analyze the, like, the pain points, the real pain points of all those. And I think that's where we've always put our direct focus on here is like, as we're designing, we start, we take a lot of note of these things and we say like, all right, if this is like, you know, we've seen this on all these apps, like it's adding two seconds to the experience. Adding two seconds is that can feel like a lifetime for a customer, yeah. uh, especially when they're like, if they're doing display without like a prompt or a pop-up that's coming up over and over again. And you, you start realizing, you think that you implemented something. Uh, oh, so it's more intuitive for the customer. And you realize that like, it's actually, more abrasive and now it's an obstacle for them to get to check out <laughs> yeah exactly i love that man because at the end of the day when we when we look at things it's like we have two design uh philosophies one make it simple for the end user and two make it easy for the restaurants and i feel like that's one of the reasons why we've loved integrating with you is because you have that same mentality you know your apps are easy to use everything looks uh is well designed and um and speaking yeah. of design you know, you guys have a very, uh, very aggressive brand, which yeah. I love. <laughs> and on your homepage, you say it's something like fork the third parties. Yeah. Right. Um, so let's talk about third party delivery. Are they evil? Uh, I, that is, uh, that is, uh, something that I'll probably not be able to answer, but I, I know that they are definitely 
being uh, misused. So a lot of people will talk about third parties like a, a marketing tool, um, but real, realistically, you're not getting any data from it. Maybe you're knowing where their customer is being delivered to. Um, and if you don't have anything first party or your own system to really target people towards, you're, you're kind of just letting yourself you know, lose to the third parties, right? And I think you, you stay with DoorDash. It's, it's the mafia, right? It's the old school <laughs> mafia. Where they, you, you got some some hairy Italian that's outside your door. It's like, hey, I'm going to protect you, but you got to give me 30%. You know what I'm talking about? You know, it's no, like... exactly, exactly. Yeah. So uh, so when, when you're dealing with, uh, with, with these uh, uh, folks that, that continuously, it just keeps like, the seems like the fees just keep going up or they keep going up. I know like the second, the DoorDash IPO, there was like a, some uh, uh, news article I read about Chicago. They raised like their rates like the same day. And it's kind of like, like what, what, it, oh, what are we- no one's going to notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I think that um, uh, 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 up to us is really informing the restaurants. We take it like, not just like, we're not just some platform company. We're, you know, restaurant people, Lunchbox built by restaurant people for restaurant people, you know, uh, uh, you know, Nabil, our CEO went from busboy to CMO over at Bear Burger over 10 years. My family's been in the restaurant industry for over 40 years, owning, operating and all that. So we, we've been in their shoes and we see, and that's why like it hurts even more to see what's happening yeah. with third parties and see nothing really being done. Cause you know, that in a few years from now, if we don't come in and like, you know, platforms like ours come in to help them uh, to, to get these customers back and to win them onto their own systems, it's going to be too late. It's gonna, they're going to be like, their customers are going to build such a great habit on, on using, you know, Uber Eats every day. And, and, and they're going to like, they're not even going to think about their own website as the first destination. Yeah. That's a great point is you need to reroute those habits because right yeah. now a lot of them are forming. And yeah. whereas, you know, um, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that kind of pre-pandemic, I didn't really think that every restaurant, like the, the need for an app to me was kind of like, yep. you know, yep. just, I, just looking at my behavior at my, at other people's behaviors at uh, when we've done interviews, apps haven't really been a big thing, but now it's more of, uh, it's less about like having the app, more about having an extension to build more habits as opposed to if they want to order online don't let them think about third party first, right? Think, have an option that's easy, that's intuitive. Because I don't know about you, Andrew, how many times have you gone on to, to order from someone who's not a Lunchbox customer and you go to their online ordering system and it is yeah. so cumbersome, so clunky, so difficult that I end up going someplace else or I go to the third party and now they just lost, took a 30% haircut on the yeah. profit, right? right? So, yeah. I was going to say, even you look at it and you go and you start to, you go to order and then delivery is either non-existent or it's like a one block radius. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. Who are you servicing with this? Exactly. All too often. And so, and so when people talk about, you know, um, using, using third party delivery as marketing, what do you think they mean by that? How, how can you yeah. successfully leverage third party? So yeah, this is where it's not happening su successfully currently. So like somebody orders from Grubhub and DoorDash and um, uh, the restaurants, a lot of times are not doing anything to, to, you know, get that traffic. And before it the goal was like, all right, order enough from us online that you'll come in store and eat from us. And then suddenly all the restaurants are closed. No indoor dining, currently no indoor dining in New York city. 
and and uh, uh, everything is coming from online ordering and you have no website and suddenly all of your sales now have a 30% cut taken out of it. And and um, it became, it, this was something that we've were consistently talking about, you know, pre-pandemic of, of, of taking ownership and taking back control and empowering um, because it became so aware and so easy to see like once this happened, they're like, oh, they have no control over anything. This is really the third party's game. Um, and that's where that mafia <laughs> maybe yeah. mentality comes from. They're like, all right, we own all the streets now. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, so yeah, so I, I think that um, uh, uh, in order to recapture that, I mean, there's a lot of things that we tell the customer, uh, to tell the brands. One, you can see whatever you can get out of, you can extract from those emails, you can extract from those orders. If you're using an, a, like an injection service like Ordermark or like, uh, you know, Checkmate or Chowley or whatever it is, you know, seeing what data that you can get any of it from that. Um, and then aside from, from all those different pieces, um, really you want to look at um, retargeting those customers like that if that bag is going to them from doordash and there's nothing inside of there that's redirecting somebody to their own to your own website there's nothing that's saying like hey thanks for ordering from doordash this time but next time you get 10 percent off if you just order from our website there's nothing that's in that that gets re bringing those people over then they're not doing enough that's that's how you really use have need to use this as a marketing as an advertising you know uh format um, because without your own channel, you're, you're pushing people towards currently what's a non-existent product. Dine-in is non-existent. And so there's, there's nowhere to direct them. Yeah. And, and, you know, I do, let's just like get out the, the legality of this. So that is technically against like their terms and conditions, right? Like you're not supposed to redirect customers, but I will say out yeah. of the hundreds of thousands of flyers that, uh, our customers, other customers that I hear about are doing, I have never once seen someone sanctioned or taken off of any of the DSPs because they do the flyering. So, yeah, well, I, I've seen it. I mean, uh, overall, uh, yeah, this is not, again, this is something that we've seen people do. The, the, the goal is that you got to take some sort of stance, right? Take some yeah. sort of tactic and take some sort of like, you know, a, a, a way to get these customers back onto your system. Um, and I think that it, it's inaction versus, versus action, especially during this time is, is the difference between your, your restaurant being open and closed. Totally. And we are actually having some great success again, because your platform is so easy to use. And because of this integration, you know, we're able to get, uh, with with our tools, we've actually been able to get some of our customers to get upwards of 18% of their third party to order directly through you guys. And so it's it's really important that you have that that system down. And the last couple of minutes, let's let's just talk through what does this integration actually do? Because I think it's it's pretty cool. So someone, let's say someone goes to Lunchbox. Why don't you take them through the Lunchbox uh, ordering system, and then I'll I'll kick it off with the uh, then I'll take it over for the integration. Sure. Yeah. So if you come onto the lunchbox ordering system, first thing we do, we don't just do the online ordering. We also do the locations page for all the restaurants. So that way you can get all the information, whether you're ordering or not, you can get the, you know, the location, you can get the uh, address, the, the phone number, all those different pieces from one place. You, you, you enter your delivery address or you can enter your pickup, find what's nearest to you and then click order add all your items to your cart and fill it out, you know, whatever kind of notes and instructions, whatever you might need. Um, a lot of the menu, you have the ability to push and, 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 and let's say you're trying to push some sort of promotion all the way to the top. You can do all of that, upsell the customer on the cart, all those different pieces, right? 
and then through the checkout process, they can select other than that they want to pick up curbside. I think in, in contactless delivery, very important uh, to have enabled during this uh, during this time and, uh, uh, and and close out the check. I mean, the, the, it's pretty simple from the beginning to start to finish. You talk about like how we can remove a lot of these steps. We have like the, you know, the Google login, the Facebook login, Apple login. You have uh, Apple Pay, Google Pay, trying to remove all these different steps. Somebody going to have to add in all this information as well as, you know, Apple Pay and Google pay or better for you know fraud prevention mm-hmm. and all that so um so yeah you, you take that through the customer through the process second that they press place an order order immediately goes and gets dispatched to the um to the delivery partner it gets immediately you know injected into the point of sale customer goes eats their food and has an experience and i think that this is where you know typically ovation will take over yeah and then bada bing bada boom just through some magic they get a text message how was everything if it was great then we push them to leave online reviews if it wasn't great then they tell you privately what happened. And in three clicks, you can respond directly to them. And then we pull together all of the online reviews and private feedback into one view. So you have a good snapshot of knowing what's going on in your location, no matter if they ordered through Lunchbox, Grubhub, DoorDash, drive-through, you know, in-store, you can see contextually how things are going, how you're doing, what to improve and uh, what's going well. So Andrew, I have uh, really appreciated you coming on here. Here are my takeaways. Number one, get your own online ordering system because number two, habits are being built right now. So make sure that your customers are building those habits on your foundation. Number three, loyalty works, but it needs to be honed. I loved your three keys. Have Have a download or a kickoff bonus, a birthday bonus, and then keeping it around that four to five visits um, is, is really working. Number four, make sure if you have a third-party delivery going out your door, put something in it. Make sure that there's a bag stuffer in that. And then lastly, give Ovation and Lunchbox, uh, give, them, give us a try. We'd love to work with you. Um, Andrew, how do people find you, follow you? Uh, yeah, well, you can you can find me over on LinkedIn, Andrew Boric. You can also find me on, on Twitter, Andrew underscore Boric, I think. But um, uh, yeah, you can find us lunchbox.io. That's, that's the big place to go visit us. <laughs> there we go. Well, Andrew, for being such a great partner and for filling us up with your lunchbox full of goodies, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for coming on Give an Ovation today. Thank you so much for having us. Back. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.